The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us. And, you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of people to perform in the top 10%. You know, both of us are certified coaches uh, working in the organizational world. And our show here, Leadership Development News, we're in our ninth year. We're ranked number two in business shows for Voice America. And we have over a, you know, a million downloads, you know, over the last four years. Uh, you know, anywhere uh, looking at some of these nine years of shows, millions of listeners in 27 countries and 126 cities. So, uh Feel free to check out our uh, set of, of shows, either on iTunes or in Voice America. And in today's show, we're going to be talking to Suzanne LaFranche. Let me say a little bit of, about uh, Suzanne here, and then I'll bring on, uh, we'll bring on Kathy. So we always like to bring people who can give you some tools and tips to help you perform in the top 10%, whether that's you as an individual performer or as a leader. And then what are some of the things that you can take to the people that you lead so you can not only enhance your own leadership, but then the team and your organization. So whether it's deep reporting from the White House, media training for the Rockettes, or teaching MBA students at Wharton, Suzanne LaFranca uses the deep skills of journalism and communication to improve people's ability to communicate clearly with precision. Suzanne will share her insights on coaching for performance during today's show. She's a former ABC TV correspondent and is a communication consultant specializing in developing and implementing strategic communication and public relations strategies via traditional and social media for all audiences. She's certified in the tool that Kathy and I like to use, the EQI 2.0, and coaches leadership teams to be more effective communicators by creating impactful content, storytelling, messaging, presentation, media training, and crisis communication management. And so let me say a word about uh, Kathy, because Kathy's been my esteemed co-host for all these nine years. Then we'll bring Kathy. Kathy's been named the First Lady of Happiness by ABC TV. Dr. Greenberg has authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, including the New York Times bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She, in addition, touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, media personality. And, you know, Kathy has founded four different consultancies, three leadership institutes, and she actively supports behavioral research while offering friendly tips and tools in all her work. She has a 
free iPhone app called Your Happiness Now, if you want to look at her lovely face uh, and hear some of her gems. She also has now a, a number one best-selling book uh, on her work with special uh, forces, sports athletes, and global executives. That's called Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, and it's available on Amazon. And you can get a hold of Kathy at www.fearlessleadersquiz.com. That has a, a bunch of free tools. There's a leadership-style quiz, and you can get different downloads. Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Riley. Today's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Suzanne LaFranchi is not only a fabulous communications coach, uh, she is a friend, and, you know, we always have fun with our friends, uh, which is what I do every week uh, when we do this show together. So I want to make sure everybody knows who my best friend and coach guru is, and that's Dr. Relly Nadler. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Relly is a master-level certified executive coach, a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and a team trainer. And Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, is full of tools and tips and strategies to develop star performers across industries. You can get hundreds of tools from Relly. You can get them a couple of different ways. In the book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, you can get them at True North leadership.com. Lots of free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence there. And you can get his free iApp, Leadership Keys. And just go to the iTunes store and put in Leadership Keys. You can also get lots of great information from Relly's EI Central Interest Group. And let me give you the information to get that. Just text 38740 and put in E. I Central, C-E-N-T-R-A-L, and you will get lots of great opportunities for free resources, and I know that you will get great benefit. You know, Relly and I give away a lot of what we do. We feel it's important to enable people to be their best, to engage their best performance through emotional and social intelligence, and we just have a great fun time here on the show with you and our friends yes, learning more every day. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on um, my friend, uh, Suzanne <laughs> LaFranchi. Uh, she is obviously uh, somebody who's very accomplished uh, in her field. Uh, she worked um, at the White House uh, as a correspondent. She has uh, security clearance to information that made her relationships uh, much more effective than the average uh, I'll say White House correspondent. Uh, and as a, a White House correspondent, she had uh, the largest religious media network in the world, um, just millions and millions of people. She established the White House Bureau. She managed crews and built relationships with both the presidential staff uh, and the Secret Service. She uh, did a lot of her reporting from the North, what we know as the North Lawn at the White House, and Suzanne covered daily press briefings in the West Wing, where she also wrote, produced, and interviewed top-tier politicians for many, many exciting and deadline-driven stories. And uh, Suzanne covered congressional hearings. She reported from the U.S. Supreme Court, and she provided, most importantly, extensive reports on Pope Francis's U.S. visit 
to Philadelphia and the World Meeting of Families. Suzanne, it's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Kathy and uh, uh, Nellie, thank you so much uh, for inviting me. I feel um, just honored to be in your presence. And uh, Kathy, I consider you a great friend. Thank you so much. You're you're welcome. And Relly and I are so happy to have you with us. And Relly, I think you have a uh, an initial question. Yeah, yeah. So, Suzanne, Suzanne uh, <clears throat> Kathy knows your inside story. So, but we want to get a little bit of your inside story about kind of who's been the people who have influenced you the most. You know, in your life and your career. It sounds like you've you know done amazing things. You know, surrounded by uh, top leaders in the world. So, who's been some of your folks behind the scenes? Behind the scenes, I would have to say, and I gave this great thought, um, my father comes to mind, um, Dr. Robert LaFranchi. He was a Ph.D. Uh, super school superintendent. We moved a lot, so that sort of gave me, uh, I had to, had to build new relationships every time I moved, much like an army brat. But my father was a bigger-than-life uh, personality. He had high in- emotional intelligence. He could talk to anyone. He was compassionate. He was caring. And he always taught me that you can be anybody you want to be. You can do anything you want to do as long as you're persistent and believe in yourself. So he had a great impact on my life. Uh, professionally, um, I think the influences that I've had uh, that have molded me are the countless people I've interviewed. I mean, Kathy mentioned, you know, Marco Rubio or John McCain or Carly Fiorina, uh, you know, Oprah Winfrey. I got the opportunity to interview her one time. Um, and also the everyday people who had to go undergo horrific experiences, uh, whether they be, you know, losing a child or, you know, those that are in a trial, uh, crime, victims of crime, or uh, John Hines' plane crash. I used to have to go interview people one-on-one. And that really showed ordinary people having to deal with extraordinary circumstances. And it, it showed the courage that many people had to face on a day-to-day basis. So they molded uh, a lot of how I view the world. And um, one person in particular, and I bring her up quite often, uh, was Barbara Bush, First Lady Barbara Bush. I had a one-on-one sit-down with her. And she was incredible. She was one of the most elegant, down-to-earth, uh, interviews I've ever had. She had this ability to connect. She was totally herself, very conversational. And I often cite her uh, when I'm either teaching at the Wharton School with the MBA students or as executives about she was genuine. And uh, I think that that's what many leaders are lacking today and it's a very important quality to have. When you think about all of the experience that you've had, Suzanne, and you think about the coaching that you do now, what do you think relates best to, to leaders that you're working with on an individual basis? What, do you, what, what is the spirit of your experience that you bring to them that makes it um, possible for them to become higher performers? Um, I think you know, what I've learned and what I try to impart upon uh, my clients is you have to be authentic. Authenticity is key, and people today are so sophisticated when they see communication. Uh, Some of it's due to the Internet and social media and the 24-7 news cycle we're in. Case in point, we're looking at this presidential election. We have two outsiders who, a year ago, people laughed at, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. 
they are appealing on such a wide level to so many people because they are authentic, good, bad, or indifferent. They are real people. And I think that business leaders need to know that they have to have a communication strategy that's part of their overall business strategy, and they need to tie these core messages to their mission and vision. And they have to believe their core messages. And I often tell my clients, if you don't believe what you're saying, how do you expect others to believe you? So, um, you know, people now can spot a phony a mile away. And um, what we try to do is to teach leaders how to use oral communications effectively and written communications. Um, what I like to do is do a mini assessment of feedback on what areas they'd like to improve, and also people who bring us in tell us where they want these leaders to improve. And we introduce the credibility model. 50% of your credibility has to deal with your honesty. If what you're saying makes sense, if you can back up what you say, and the other 50% is empathy. We have to put ourselves, business leaders have to put themselves in the shoes of the people they're leading. And then generally I put them on camera, which I like to do, and then pretty much cold. It's pretty cruel. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I promise that I won't put it uh, uploaded on YouTube or anything. <laughs> uh-huh. And then... <laughs> Because it is hard. It's hard to look at yourself on camera. Right. But oh, you can say that again. Well, we're going to say a, a quick um, pause uh, is probably appropriate at the moment. And okay. we're going to come right back and listen to more about how we can get started in our own communications, coaching, and self-awareness. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 follow us on twitter at voice america trn Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Music Development News. Profiles and practice of the top performers, and we're talking with Suzanne LaFranchi, who helps uh, individuals and organizations be top performers. And really, through her uh, excellent background of being a communicator and uh, media consultant. So, uh, Suzanne, I got a couple questions for you because I do want to go back to what you were saying around credibility. Um, but maybe just highlight kind of what's what's your uh, practice or kind of business uh, now, just to get an idea, because you've done a lot of things. And then maybe we'll go back to the credibility. Uh, what I what Browning Dudley is who I've worked for as a consulting firm um, for the last uh, eighteen years. What we wow. focus on it's a small boutique uh, organizational development company, and I head up the communication aspect mm-hmm. of it. So I do a lot of executive coaching, speech giving, uh, crisis communication, yeah. uh, which is huge because you, you hope to never use it, but you have to have it in your arsenal because right. it, it could devastate a company and a brand, as we have all seen. And so I focus uh, on those areas. Um, I do health speech writing, speech giving, um, you know, body language, um, mm. Uh, verbal, nonverbal, and uh, vocal delivery. So, um, I, and also executive presence, um, yeah. which which is becoming uh, a growing area, because uh, you know, as I said earlier, people are becoming much more sophisticated, and they can spot when you're not being authentic and real, and cre- and that really hurts your credibility tremendously. And you can't lead people if you don't have credibility. Right, right. Well, so say a little bit more about your credibility formula, because I love that. You know, uh, 50% honesty and 50% mm-hmm. empathy. And I would think, uh, you know, honestly, I think we got that. But I would imagine working on the empathy, like how do you, what do you uh, instruct folks to do to kind of demonstrate, exhibit that empathy? Empathy um, is is an area where you really have to get in touch with what is my audience thinking. And I think leaders need to think about how what they're saying is going to impact uh, their employees. Okay, so say you're going to introduce a new 401k plan, or you're going to change the healthcare policy. Healthcare has been a you know a big issue, a big challenge for a lot of companies with um, the changes that have occurred in, on the federal level. So I think you that it, that um, that executives really need to think about how's this going to impact people. I think in a lot of ways they have to um, not only use their social media, but that's usually to influence outside forces, but and, and to some regard, the intranet is how they communicate. But also, I think, have town halls. I think that you need to go out and almost act like a politician, but be a believable, authentic one, and go out, roll up your sleeves, and do some stumping. Go around, talk to your employees, get feedback, listen to their stories, and how these changes in your company are really going to impact these people. And so you really need – there's nothing that can substitute a one-on-one or uh, yeah, I call it, like to call it the best form of communication is like sharing a cup of coffee with someone. Mm-hmm. It has to be con- conversational, and you have to actively listen. Um, much more of communication should be about listening uh, instead of speaking. Yes, yeah, Suzanne, as you as you think about going through the EQI certification recently and uh, the kinds of language that we're using here, you know you. As Relly would say, when you can name it, right? You can tame it. Um, what is it that you've connected uh, now that you've gotten inside the language of emotional and social intelligence that makes you a better, more savvy communications coach 
than you were before, and how, how have you been thinking about applying this in your work? I wish I had become certified 20 years ago. Hmm. <laughs> it's given me such insights as to how, unlike our uh, IQ, our emotional intelligence is probably much more important and I am happy that it can be improved upon. And I think yeah. that that's um, very exciting for executives to hear that and that that can, making some changes in how you approach people or your action plan and can really impact how effective you are as a leader. And um, I think self-awareness to me mm. is key. Um, it's taught me to be more self-aware and how to not react emotively but to intellectualize uh, whatever the situation is and to respond um, accordingly. You know, the uh, Harvard Business Review says leadership's first commandment is to know yourself. And that's how I think you can be a better leader. So going through the assessment, you really get to intimately know yourself, warts and all, and be on your own side, as Kathy likes to say. Are you on your side or not, you know, Again, oh, that's not really, on your side. Yeah, that that that's Rally's. <laughs> I'm sure rally. she quoted you, Rally. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, good. Well, I got I got it from someone else, but I've been using that for 20 years or more. Are you on your side or you're on your case? Cause it, it, as far as communication, like, oh, okay, I'm either one side or the other. <laughs> it's so simple, right? So true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, leadership is a people business, and emotional intelligence, I think, is the missing link. You know, it helps us know ourselves and to know what our strengths are and our challenges. And so um, I've learned that I self-awareness to me is the key, and I, I try to be more self-aware yeah. than I was in the past. So and you know, A question I have, Suzanne, because I was thinking this earlier when you said that, especially in your, your when you were a uh, – reporter and dealing with, you know, people in crisis situations, mm. um, you know, let's say especially some of the horror stories where, uh, you know, as a news correspondent, you know, how do you manage yourself? And, and, and I wonder, is there training for that? I mean, you know, some of these, you know, terrible scenes that someone's on the scene and you're being as professional as you can be, but with, you know, someone's crying and they just lost someone in front of you, how, how do you, like, you know, anything like tips now that, uh, you would tell someone or that you use at that time? Well, I think I think we all have, uh, you know, doctors and police officers, uh, FBI agents. I think we all have a professional uh, persona and a and a personal one. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one of the most horrific stories I ever had yeah. to cover was, and this was many, many years ago, well, Senator Hines from Pennsylvania, his uh, helicopter collided with an airplane over an elementary school at lunch. And it was recess. Wow. It was a beautiful April day. So three children were killed on the ground, everybody on the airplane and helicopter. It was, it was as if I stepped into a movie set. Yeah. Parents were running fuselage in the front, fuselage in the back, fire, ambulances. Somebody came over to me. We had heard that it might be his, um, his airplane, and they handed me burning papers that had his name on it. So I had to throw that into, just put myself into work mode. I had to get my story on the air as soon as possible because I look at what I did as a reporter as a way of helping people, communicating what is going on, telling the story. And when I got home that night, I did cry. Um, one of the few stories that really 
really broke me up. It was just a horrific, horrific day. And some of it, you know, it is somewhat traumatizing. Or when I had to go knock on doors and talk to a parent whose child died or was killed or go to a trial and hear horrific testimony, child abuse and things like that. But, you know, that's part of the business and sometimes, you know, compartmentalize so you can get through the day. Well, the other thing I'm hearing that, that I think is helpful for our audience, especially dealing with stress, is that it's kind of the bigger why. You know, and sometimes we talk about that as, you know, in this story, yes, you're feeling all this, but what, where are you going to go with this and how is it going to help people sometimes can allow you maybe to see through what is the immediate crisis. Um, what, having to, to sort of step out of the role? Is that what you mean? Say, yeah, what, and, and what am I really contributing? You know, what, what's my purpose here? It's not only the exactly. story, but how is this going to help you? So it's kind of, you know, beyond the present, where am I going with this, sometimes can help maybe put the present in perspective. It does, and it, if you have a goal and you're trying to achieve that goal and you're doing some inform, part, parting some information for the greater good, I think yeah. that, you know, you keep that, you keep that uh, in mind when you're, when you're operating and it you kind of have to desensitize yourself a little bit. It's sad yeah. to say, but it's a survival mode. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's you know, it's a very interesting concept because when we think about um, change, okay, and you're being asked to come in as Aureli and I to find enough awareness and enough um, common experience for that person to feel safe making change. And you're talking about, you know, kind of being in the moment and kind of freezing your emotions, if you will, create, creating yeah. an emotional neutral environment. What, what do you think on the reverse side makes a person capable of changing? We were just talking to uh, our mutual friend. Uh, all of us know him now, Vince Papali. And he was talking about, you know, analyze, uh, adapt, and achieve. Mm-hmm. And that's part of his, his talk, you know, about not only common sense, but emotional intelligence on the field in the moment. So when you're thinking about how to approach an executive and you've got this ability to be emotionally neutral, so you're non-judgment, you're, you're non-judging, you're not, you're not putting them on the spot or making them feel shame or guilt about what it is they need to to step up their game on if we if we mm-hmm. can use that word. So how do you how do you get them to want to improve and where do you start one of these communications programs? Well, uh, oftentimes uh, there's change, change management, you know, it's a big industry and um, in in organizations and uh, you have communication is key. And I think what first of all I, I talk to executives about, you know, what the proposed change is going to mean to their employees, and you need the buy-in, and you need the support of your employees. So, again, you have to show empathy and really get to know uh, your employees. Uh, And I emphasize to them you cannot over-communicate when you're asking your organization to change. And it is effective communication in this area is one of the toughest challenges for organizations. So we we do suggest that they have a written communication plan. They have to communicate consistently, frequently, and do use multiple platform, speaking, small groups, town halls, 
uh, videos, uh, focus groups. That's where you can get some good feedback. Uh, intranets and billboards, bulletin boards, you know, everywhere you can within your organization. And do it as quickly as possible. I think be very forthcoming and honest because, let's face it, people are resistant to change because it's uncomfortable, because it's not what they know. And you have to give enough time for people to ask questions, uh, to to get clarification, and to be able to sound off if, if they don't like a change that's coming about. And I think you also have to, the, I tell the executives, you have to communicate your vision and mission and why this change is good for the, the corporation and how these changes will affect people personally. And, again, go back to true communication as a conversation. Uh, it's, it's two-way. It's a real discussion. Uh, it can't just be a presentation. And leaders need to act uh, accordingly and get out there and roll up their sleeves and do the hard work that it takes. And um, they need to listen. They have to avoid being defensive. They can't make excuses. And they need to pause and be thoughtful. And on that note, I'm going to say we're going to take a quick pause, (laughs) (laughs) and we'll be right back. We're going to talk about, um, you know, better, quicker change, obviously, by being aware and coping. So don't go away. You're listening to Suzanne LaFranchi here on Leadership Development News. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. 
We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practice Top Performers. We're talking with Suzanne LaFranche. And Suzanne, if, uh, how, if people want to get a hold of you or your website, what's the best way to do that? Uh, my website is uh, browningdudley.com, www.browningdudley.com, or slafranke at browningdudley.com, or uh, you can follow me on Twitter at okay. slafranke. Slafranke. Okay, and one mm-hmm. of the things we were talking about during the, the break, break that both Kathy and I, and I'm sure our audience is interested in, is crisis communication, and it really mm-hmm. does bring in, you know, the impulse control from the EI side, but then also from the influence side. So when it comes to a crisis uh, communication, it sounds like, you know, that's a lot of what you do. Kind of what, are, what are some of the key points? What are some of the things that if people were all on different levels of crisis, personal or organization, that you focus on to, to help them? You know, because it is kind of a soundbite, and often once it's out, once they say something, that's it. That's reality, whether it's true or not. So how do you, how do you help around the crisis communication, maybe walk us through the, the plan. Okay. You know, when we're talking about EI, self-expression is also really important, emotional right. expression. You also have to be empathetic, so right. interpersonal comes into it, and um, emotional self-awareness. Uh, what, we, what we teach at Browning Dudley is you have to be trained and prepared for a crisis, so you don't get caught in that, oops, I shouldn't have said that moment, and it goes viral, and you ruin your brand. What you need to do in crisis communication is we teach our clients to be proactive, not reactive. You have to prepare and hope you never need it. And you have to respond as soon as possible. Maybe you don't know all the facts and figures. Say, all right, we had a client. There was a, an explosion, a chemical plant, and a couple of the employees were killed. We came in several days later after a lot of damage was done because the owner of the company was so distraught because these were like family members to him, he refused to talk to the media. It was just a horrific situation. What he should have done was come out right away and said, address the media and say, we are, you know, we, this was a terrible thing that's happened and we are looking and investigating and cooperating with, uh, with, um, investigators will get back to you on the, you know, then you set up a routine, an hourly update or whatever the case may be. And you have to reassure your stakeholders inside the company and outside the company that you are cooperating. Be honest and forthright. The other thing we tell our clients, um, a crisis is an opportunity to show a company and its leader's character. Mm. Look at Johnson & Johnson. I mean, that's sort of the crisis when they many many years ago when somebody was poisoning uh, people using the product, I think it was Tylenol that they went ahead and they proactively changed the caps. They took complete, they were completely proactive and it helped their brand tremendously. Not that that was their motive, but that's what the CEO did, and it was the right move. So um, you just need to be forthcoming and you need to react. And you need to know who the spokesperson is going to be. And this is where we also develop messages. 
And no matter what, and we do drills. I do drills with the executives and or the Wharton students. They will do a crisis case, a business case. We put them on camera. And then we go back and assess how they're verbal, their content, their body language. And then we go back, rework the content. So they deliver a message, and then we show them how to bridge back to their message so they don't get caught in an aha moment. Because if you don't say it, it can't be used against you. Look at Richard Nixon. I'm not a crook. You never say things like that. It was repeated over and over and over. There are things that you can say and not say. And does the media know what you're doing? Absolutely. But you will not get caught saying the wrong thing either. So when, when, I was going to say, Kathy, you have a question you want to ask? Let me just follow up. So um, that's a great example like with Richard Nixon and some mm-hmm. of the other aspects uh, and so preparing, and so when you have, like, the MBA students, do you kind of give them a situation and say, okay, go? And, you know, at the, at the moment they have to kind of come up with something? Um, I've done, I have classes that are communicating under pressure. We've done that. But most mm. of the time we teach, they'll take a business case, um, the Exxon Valdez, or there are so many of these business cases where there are crises. And they will, they will initially put together their own response. And then I I act, we act as reporters and ask them questions. And then they have to, it, it, it's called the ABCs, acknowledge, bridge, communicate. You acknowledge, and this is where empathy also comes in, acknowledge okay. with sincerity and or empathy. Deliver your message, uh, it, it, and then when you're being asked a question, there's just like a, a little statement you'll say to get, bridge you back to your statement. So if you're a reporter and you say, well, you know, isn't this true that, you know, this explosion occurred, and you say, we can understand how you feel that way, acknowledge, bridge, but what's important to point out is a bridge and go back to your message. So it seems it's seamless in its communication. And therefore, you control. Yep. Let me just take our audience through that again. So what does an acknowledgement sound like? An acknowledgement would be you acknowledge the question. You don't ignore it, and you don't jump right back to your response. So it seems more natural. Um, We can understand how people are. We can understand people's concern. That's Uh an acknowledgement. What's important to point out. They're not acknowledging guilt. No. They're acknowledging the statement. That's exactly. Right. Or acknowledging that's the, the question. Okay. And then using the empathy is... Yeah, that's... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Using empathy and or sincerity. And then you take just a statement. What's important to point out is a, a bridge that gets you back to your message. And then you go back to one of your key messages. Where, and then, you know, so, we have an ongoing investigation, et cetera, et cetera. Got it. Okay. And then what's the communicate part? Communicate is back to one of your messages. You have like three to five messages. And once you get good at it, you can become more natural in your responses and not be robotic, but just be conversational. Okay, I'm just making notes. So acknowledging is um, almost repeating the statement and acknowledging it with empathy. Mm-hmm. And the yes. bridge is is making a comment on the activity, the action, or the reflection that you're going through. We have an ongoing investigation, or we're looking into that at the moment. We can't comment on that until we have further information. And then it appears communication is uh, going back to your message, which seems to me to be acknowledging again or... or well, the, to, the, mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry, the, br- the bridge is you can come up with any of these little innocuous statements. Uh-huh. What's important to point out, it's important to remember, or what I can tell you is anything like that that gets you back to your message about the ongoing investigation mm-hmm. or our company has had a 150-year history of, of total safety with no violations. You know, whatever you're – a lot of times you should use your history to your advantage mm-hmm. in your messages um, or you have other people in the, in the community who support you, important stakeholders, politicians, et cetera, things like that. That's a really. That, I'll tell you, Riley. That really touched me when you know Suzanne was saying acknowledge, bridge, and communicate. Because if you think about how you want to emotionally engage mm-hmm. people, right? You want to show them that you care. You've heard them, right? That's the that's the we can understand right. with empathy, and you're acknowledging their unhappiness and their distrust and their, right. uh, if you will, possible disdain or disturbance. And then you're bridging, saying, look, this is what we're trying to do. It's almost like this is, if you're a person in this situation, you can say, look, you know, I've heard you. I, I'm doing the best right. that I can. This is personal, not corporate, right? And and mm-hmm. then you can say, you know, I'm, I'm trying to reflect on your question. I'm, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying, you know, because that, that at least shows a person's uh, capacity for empathy and engagement. Um, and I would think somebody just being heard sometimes not even having a remedy is, is mm-hmm. just as important mm-hmm. as figuring out what they need right. to do different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I, I love that model. I think it's the acknowledge, and it's to go back to the empathy we were saying, you know, and I always say <clears throat> um, no, one, no one knows you see their perspective until you, until you say it. And until right. you say it, you know, they're, they're going to keep throwing it at you because you, obviously you haven't gotten it. And so that whole part of acknowledging that. But I also think, uh, Suzanne, that what's great about this is the bridge and the message is that you want to almost acknowledge the feeling so they can go, oh, okay, you, you understand, I'm heard. And exactly. Bring them, bring them kind of to the prefrontal cortex, which is, you know, more kind of cognitive. Because I think sometimes, you know, that you can stay in the emotions too much and then, you lose that ability of, okay, how, do we, how, are we, how are we moving forward? What are we going to do about this, you know? Exactly. And then they feel as though, they, as you said, they've been heard. Yeah. And it makes brings them comfort. And I think then it brings them a plan, almost like out of the crisis. Yeah, I understand the crisis. Like, I can feel it. I know, you know, I can understand how you're doing it. And then the bridge is kind of bringing them to a place of maybe solutions or uh, you know, things that are more constructive. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, so one of the questions we have is is kind of just about, uh, from a communication standpoint, is just about meetings. And I think for all of us, uh, <laughs> probably our audience is like, oh, no, meetings? You know, and, and are there some tips that you encourage your folks to have better meetings? Absolutely, and at Browning Dudley, um, we do. We actually have a seminar or a um, a training on how to to conduct a productive meeting. Uh-huh. And as you said, everybody's like, "Ugh, the dreaded meeting." You know, I think it it comes down. There, there should be ground rules that are established, and that no meeting should be longer than sixty minutes. And um, you should initially take control. Make your objective clear. You have to yeah. have a specific and defined purpose uh, before you send out that invite. What do I want to accomplish? Ask yourself that. 
mm-hmm. and those those standing those standing weekly meetings, status updates, they're usually not a good use of time. And everybody is really busy, so you want you want the buy-in from the folks who are invited to the meeting. So you have to consider who you're inviting. Uh, take time to think who really needs to be there. Stick to your schedule. Create an agenda that lays out everything you want to cover in the meeting along with timeline and certain amounts given to each uh, item on the agenda. And then you email that in advance to folks. This is a critical one. Take no hostages. You, you know, we've all been in meetings where somebody takes the ball and runs with it. And if one person's monopolizing the conversation, it's not good for anyone. So if you're running the meeting, you have to call them out on it. You can be polite. We appreciate your contribution. We need to get some input from others before making a decision, you know, and thank them. Start on time and end on time. So if you're responsible for running your meeting uh, and if you have that reputation for starting late or going long, you're not going to get a lot of people showing up. They'll find excuses not to come because people do appreciate that you understand that their time is valuable. Ban technology, no iPhones, no laptops. I think that speaks for itself. And last but not least, follow-up, because a lot of times people walk away with different impressions, different interpretations. So you want to reduce that. I, I send out emails, uh, you know, summing up what happened at the meeting. And then, you know, you give people uh, delegated, you delegate who's responsible for what and reiterate that and assign deadlines. So everyone will be on the same page, which is very important. So so that's perfect. Hopefully our, our listeners jotted that down. You have a great kind of a step-by-step plan. So we're going to go to our, our last break. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. 
You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking to executive communications and presentation coach, Suzanne LaFranchi, a former ABC anchor, former White House anchor, uh, former anchor of the largest religious network in the world. And um, Suzanne, you know, I want our audience to be able to contact you. Can you give them an email address where they can reach out to you? Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate that. It's uh, S as in Suzanne, LaFranke, L-A-F-R-A-N-K-I-E, at browningdudley.com. And Dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y. Okay, browningdudley, all one word. Yes, dot com. Okay, so it's S as in Suzanne LaFranke at browningdudley.com. Now, Suzanne, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, but I think all of us are human. People know my story from my various books. Uh, two forms of potentially, uh, you know, terminal illness, um, mm-hmm. divorce, uh, losing babies in, in uh, last trimester of pregnancy. Uh, lots of things happen to us. I'm sure Relly has, has his uh, formula uh, that he's overcome. All of us have stuff. You know, we have uh, people in our lives that matter to us that have uh, health issues, um, you know, whether they're emotional, spiritual, physical. We all have what, what I'd call um, defining moments in our lives. And, and you've had some of those. And I wanted our audience, if you're willing to share, to learn a little bit more sure. about you personally, because often people say, oh, well, you know, these people have a blessed life. You know, they've never had to struggle. They've, you know, they've, they just, they go right into whatever shtick they believe we are uh, performing in without knowing that we have all had our struggles ourselves. So I was just wondering if you could share a little bit. Absolutely, and I and I appreciate um, the ability to to do that, and I'm glad you brought it up because we are all human. We all have our challenges, and um, my greatest challenge um, to date was uh, last last spring, right before Easter. I was working. Um, I live near Philadelphia, but I would my husband and graciously agreed because I had an opportunity to establish uh, the White House for EWT and the Global Catholic Network, and the Pope was coming. And since I had a lot of experience as a reporter, uh, they hired me, and I have two in college, and I have one at home, Michael, and he is he was 16 at the time. He's now 17. And he, for some unknown reason, uh, kept having um, high blood pressure, pro- I mean low blood pressure problems, and was almost fainting, and he was always tired. So um, took him to the doctors, nothing so he came down to visit me in D.C. because he was on spring break, and he picked up a, a virus, and he started to, you know, vomit, and he woke me up at 1 a.m. and said he couldn't see, and so I called an ambulance, and we ended up in Georgetown. He had undiagnosed Addison's disease, which is what JFK, our president, had, and um, it's an insidious disease. Oftentimes, people go into what they call crisis. Um, it's similar to septic shock. They go into crisis and they die, and then they discover they had Addison's. So um, I prayed a lot, called the priest in, and um, 
they gave my son Addison's is, uh, autoimmune. It, 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 your body attacks itself and it destroys his adrenal glands, so he cannot produce cortisol, which we all need to live. Mm-hmm. So when he was in ICU, as a normal course, uh, what they do for ICU patients is give them cortisol, and he bounced back. We left. They told us I, this, the diagnosis was unknown, septic shock, but we come later to find out about a week later, he put him back in Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, got the diagnosis. So I was struggling with, um, thank God he was, he, he was fine, and he, he can now live a full life taking cortisol um, three times a day. But um, it's a chronic illness and has to be managed appropriately, and he needs stress doses when he gets a virus or if he were to break a leg or, or have to get an injection. So uh, he's 17 now. He's doing great. But it has to be managed. So um, I ended up, you know, choosing between do I stay at this great career or do I come home? And um, I, you know, in my heart of hearts, I knew I had to be closer to my son. So, and now I'm doing other things and I'm back in my consulting work and um, I would like to uh, now put some of my energies into publicizing Addison's because I've come to find out there are a number of people that have come to me and said so and you know they've known people that have passed away because they don't know about it because it's not on people's radar screen and um, and managing the illness is quite difficult so um, I would just like to bring greater awareness to um, to this uh, chronic illness and so we all have our crosses to bear we all have to work through them and we find resilience and I have a deep faith, and I'm there for my son and my family, and, you know, you just have to be adaptable. I think think that's what I've learned through this. And, you know, you're stronger than you think. (laughs) Right. That's the truth. Well, that's some of the stories that, you know, that Kathy has in her book about being fearless. You know, and I think if you you have a strong support group, and like you said earlier, Suzanne, you know, you have uh, people... Uh, who can support you and you're in touch with yourself, you kind of make the right decisions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that idea of being flexible and adaptable is so uh, so helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, thanks for, for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, you know, thank oh, you. My pleasure, thank you. So anything that we haven't covered in the last couple of minutes here uh, that um, you think is important for people to know about you, Suzanne? I think that... Um, that I would like for them to keep this in mind when they're when they're watching television news. You're right. a consumer of the news. Uh, you need to make your own decisions because a lot of it now has become so um, opinionated. I think you need to be a consumer and draw your own conclusions. Um, I think it's really important to be an intelligent viewer of news. Uh, I speak very often on that to a lot of different groups. Um, it's a little off of what we're talking about, but we're so bombarded with so much information that right. that sometimes it's tough to to ascertain what the truth is and you know where the facts are. When you say people, you know, get the facts, it's it's important that people understand that they do influence the media and how they respond to it. Mm-hmm. So you've been outstanding. Um, we're so happy you spent this time with us and. I know Raleigh and I are very grateful. Uh, we know that every everybody who's been listening today has definitely tuned up uh, their capacity for understanding the importance of communication and how to use emotional and social intelligence to do it better. And we hope mm-hmm. we'll see, uh, if not here, 
uh, all of you in the near future. Don't forget to go to EI Central or 38740 for Relly and put in EI Central to get lots of free, wonderful things. Go to S. Suzanne LaFranchi at browningdudley.com. That's S. Mm-hmm. LaFranchi at browningdudley.com. And you can go and read more about me at www.fearlessleadersgroup.com. Take our quiz at fearlessleadersquiz.com. So thanks for, uh, as I said, tuning in to tune up your leadership performance. And we're loving having you here at uh, Leadership Development News, where emotional engagement meets performance. Take care. Have a great week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.